All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 3 of the Daily Faceoff Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. This week, I've got Michael Biebs Bondi with me. No Dylan D. Berthium. Uh, D just seems to hate goalies. He thinks they're voodoo, so we usually just roll the two of us during the goalie episodes. Uh, plus, he's working today, yeah. so... Yeah, during In these fairness. times, um, we sometimes have to pick and choose which which episodes would we do, and 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 every year, I mean, for D's sake, we we let him take the goalie episode off, um, and and we just love talking pillows. So here we are, uh, ready to go two at goalies. So I think it's pro- I think this is the third straight year it's just been you. And I think I. we had Mike McKenna for a little bit we last did. year. Yes, um, that was electric. Yeah, he um, was great. He called um, Mark Andre Fleury being a huge bust, which. Was ended up being incredibly right, um, but yeah, no D this this episode. But we are planning on recording two more episodes tomorrow, at least one. Uh, right wing and defense are the next two to come, so uh, we will be coming at you fast and furious over the next few days, yeah. making sure we get all these episodes out before you guys start drafts. It sounds like some drafts are going to start this weekend, which um, I, I think is a little bit too early for my liking, considering you know. Um, Training camp started today. Yeah, um, they're probably not getting on the ice until tomorrow. So. Thanks for the ADPs, though. We appreciate that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I actually had a guy come up to me the other day and ask me how I thought his team was, and I was just like, "What do you mean, like your keepers?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "No, no, like this is the team I just drafted." And I was like, "Why the hell did you do your draft already?" He's just like, "I don't know." I'm These like, are well, the same people, Brock, who when Christmas came along, they would 
run to whatever room those presents were in and look at those in like October. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair. You know, I love it though. Some people people are excited. Um, I, I never realized that people were like this in fantasy until I played in a in a football league with some Americans where they do the draft almost three months before the season starts. So it's like I'm like, wow, you know, if this translates to other sports, here we are. Yeah. So that's how we get these crazy ADPs early. And uh, you know what? If you want to contribute to our research, thank you for doing that. But uh, we would definitely say, you know, maybe hold off on the draft a little bit. For one, we just released our, our draft kit in full so if you've done it already you missed out on that but um if you haven't done it i mean here we are brock you got some pretty interesting things in there yeah so obviously the draft kit is something that is just kind of like a living organism it just continuously gets added to every mm-hmm. single day um we're almost on our team previews which like as i mentioned last week we just have um, mini player bios for for close to 300 players by the time it's all said and done um my customizable fantasy projections are up um, which is just an incredible tool, in my humble opinion. Uh, you can you can change all your league settings, get brand new rankings for your league settings. Um, and the best thing about it is if you disagree with me or you disagree with any of my projections, you can just simply put your own change change them. <laughs> Go crazy. If you think that Connor McDavid is going to score fifty, you can change it to fifty. You can change anything that you want, and and you get brand new rankings. So um, if you don't trust me, if you don't trust my projections, by all means, go ahead, plug your own in there, and uh, you'll get your own customized rankings as well. Um, the one thing I will say is that we also released a sleeper article today on Wednesday. Uh, more sleepers, more breakouts, more bust articles to come. All that fun stuff. Beebs has got a couple things on the works right now as well. Um, and then we also are going to have the actual DFO top 300 coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously the customizable rankings is, is more projection based, but projections, as I said in my, my instructional video on how to use the customizable rankings, they are a little bit stale, right? Like they, they, they take the projections kind of as truth. Like this is for sure what's going to happen when we know that that's not necessarily the case. The projections is just a baseline of what we could expect from a player. Um, and some players, like we talked about last week, right with, you know, we, the argument between Patrice Bergeron and other players, like, yeah, Bergeron is as steady as they come. Um, Ajo is as steady as they come, but does he quite have the upside? Does he quite have the ceiling of other players? And And the answer would be no. So my actual DFO top 300, takes a little bit more of that in, a little bit more of the upside, a little bit more of the downside, a little bit more of the injury risk, as opposed to the just the, these rankings take projections as a truth. So um, please check those out. It's a great tool. Again, the draft kit is 100% free. You won't find anything like that on the internet, um, You know, whether it be fantasy hockey or fantasy football. There's just really nothing for free these days except for the DFO draft kit. So enjoy that. It's a great tool, and like I said, me and Beebs are going to continuously be adding to it uh, throughout the month of September into October. But without further ado, let's get into our goalies, our top 10 consensus rankings. While D is not here, he did participate in giving us his top 15 goalies, uh, as well as his sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So we will be getting to those as well. But let's start at number one. The number one consensus goaltender this year is Igor Shesterkin. I have him at one. Biebs has him at one. Dylan has him at number two. Uh, I mean, Shesterkin was just absolutely sensational a season ago. Uh, there's really nothing to dislike about this guy's game. He plays a ton. Uh, Alexander Gorgiev is no longer in town. Gorgiev did give him a little bit of a run for his money at times for starts, but most of the time they were just rolling Igor. He started 52 games a season ago, went 36-13-4, and led the NHL in goals against average with a 207, led the NHL in save percentage with a 935, also chipped in an impressive six shutout. So, 
the the Rangers are a team that looked really, really good last year. They're a team that I expect to be very, very good again this year. In terms of just overall defense last year, they were ranked 10th in the NHL in expected goals against. The Tampa Bay Lightning were 9th um, in the same category, just to kind of go to show um, you know, how balanced and even the Lightning and Rangers um, likely are heading into the season. And, you know, that's... I just like Shesterkin's upside a little bit mm-hmm. more than Vasilevsky's, which is why I had Vasilevsky one spot behind him at number two. That's going to be the great debate for just about everybody this year. Um, it's a clear-cut tier in itself, right? You've got one or two. It's either going to be Shesterkin or Vasilevsky. Personally, I really don't think that you can go you know, wrong here. Um, I think they're both going to be pretty similar. I think they're both going to be really, really good. If you look at my overall rankings, um, I actually have, you know, Um, Vasilevsky just right behind him. So it's not like it's far off where there's a bit of a tier gap between number two and number three. So Vasilevsky, obviously very, very good. Last year, he had a 249 goals against uh, 916 save percentage. Led the NHL with 39 wins. He's led the NHL in wins for five consecutive seasons, or at least been tied for the NHL lead in wins for five consecutive seasons. So, uh, yeah, like it's just really, really close. And I think the one thing... Um, to me, that stands out is is the fact that I think maybe the Rangers are trending upwards, yep. and I think the Lightning may be trending slightly in the other direction. Um, you know, you just can't be on top forever, um, and eventually things were going to start to head the other way for the Lightning. They lost some some key members on that blue yep. line. No more Ryan McDonough. No more Jan Ruda. So they're going to be a little bit weaker on the back end. I just think that the Rangers are, yeah. are a team that look, might be a little bit better this year. Look at that whole Rangers back, uh, bottom six. Realistically, the only one who isn't trending into a, you know, almost, almost like their their prime is Jacob Truba out of that. We've got Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, Keandre Miller as the other three in the top four there. This is kind of why I just love Shostakhin. Um as we mentioned, it was a phenomenal year. It was a historic year almost for him last year, a 935 save percentage. And this guy's going into his fourth, technically third full season. Uh, I don't think the, we've seen the best yet from Shesterkin, which is kind of terrifying after the elite numbers that he, he put up last year across the board too, even in the sh- even in shutouts. You know, six shutouts is huge from attendee. Um, this defense, is it, it's, it's kind of scary. As you mentioned, 10th last year, um, and they're getting better. They're getting a lot better. Uh, we saw Keandre Miller kind of come into himself, start playing around 25 minutes, and then in the playoffs, just absolutely uh, take over on the back with Adam Fox there. Again, Ryan Lindgren, top prospect. These are guys where, as they come they come together, Shesterkin comes together. I think, you know, he's going right now in the first round. I think that's completely justifiable. I think you take him. All you need is one other goalie. Vasilevsky, I worry if he comes out to a slow start or anything that's happened like we've seen in the previous years. If he gives you a 9-12 next year, you're going to need a third goalie to make up for that. Uh, maybe not need, but uh, you probably will to win some categories some week. Or if Shesterkin's giving you a 9-35, not saying he is, but if that happens, that is a, whew, what, 23-point jump there. Um that's a big difference. If you can bring that roster spot and give it to someone who's playing on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, get a couple of points out of there, you can win other categories strictly off of just taking this better goalie. Um, not to say there's that much of a difference, but for me, I think it's clear-cut Shostakhin before. It's just so hard to uh, finally dethrone Vasilevsky, but um, you know, one team, one player is trending up. One's, as mentioned, 
trending down, but still trending down to a first round draft pick is not bad for a goalie. We rarely see this. So yeah, um, Vasilevsky. If you get vast, don't be sad. ADP eight point six, Shesterkin eight point eight. So uh, clearly, the fantasy hockey community is having a difficult time differentiating between the two as well. And like I said, I really don't think you can go wrong here. And clearly, whoever's taken one. The next person's taking the other. So, yeah. um, you know, if you do want to be that person to make the jump to take them, uh, go for it. But just know that someone might do it before you in the first round and uh, and they both might be gone. If that if that happens, that's okay. Well, we got solutions. Yeah, and it, it's, it's um, worth pointing out as well. Um, in the playoffs, both of them were dynamite. Uh, Vasilevsky, 252 goals against average, 922 save percentage. Um, Shesterkin, 259 goals against average, 929 save percentage. So they're both outstanding in the postseason as well. Uh, but last year, just to kind of put some context in it, since the turn of the millennium 2000, uh, Igor Shesterkin had the highest save, second highest save percentage among goalies with at least 40 starts since Tim Thomas's Ooh. outrageous 2011 season where he had a 938 save percentage. But yeah, that it was uh, it was a historically good campaign for Igor Shesterkin. And uh, I just like the Rangers. I think I trust the Rangers a little bit more, which, you know, if you would have told me this in, you know, three, four years Crazy. ago, I'd have been like, you're nuts. But yeah, like the Lightning obviously had their run and, and I think they're still a very, very good team, but they're just, they're not maybe that like, super elite team that they were for for a large stretch here where Vasilevsky's just been dominating um the categories year in and year out but uh and honestly like I think we could be talking president's trophy for New York I don't know if we're talking that for Tampa um which is which is where the, and, and a common theme here is just the team in front um and that's gonna really play an effect with the next couple not so much these but you know, at the same time, I could be eating my words at the end of the season as Tampa takes home another president, you know? Yeah, well, and, and when I look at goalies, a lot, lot of uh, what factors into my goaltender projections is the Vegas odds, right? Vegas sportsbooks seem to know more than everybody, anybody on earth. Yeah, they're smart. Um, and, and I like to use the, their win totals or point totals to really help um, guide my projections and... If you look at it, um, the Lightning actually have the uh, are tied for the fourth best odds in terms of, of the highest. Um, they're projected for 103.5 points this year, uh, where the Rangers are at 99.5. So the sports books still think that the Lightning are a little bit better, uh, but Igor Shosturkin maybe makes up with some slightly better splits. But again. This is one two, and I don't I don't think that if you were somebody who just you know maybe thinks that Shosturkin got lucky last year or was a one off. That's fine. You're probably a little yeah. bit crazy, but if you want Vasilevsky, by That's all totally means, cool. go for it. And, yeah. and D has D had Vasilevsky at one, Shesterkin at two. We had Vasilevsky at two, yeah. Shesterkin at one. So like it's very very close. There hasn't been a goalie that's been you know as consistent. Yeah, as when Vasilevsky I wrote up Shesterkin, that's basically what I said. Like there's not really been anybody to even challenge him for yeah. this top spot in fantasy, and now there is. And it, you know if you if you've been just if you kind of want to ride the old reliable with Vasilevsky, I would never I would never doubt you there. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that fact at all. Um, and you know who knows? Maybe come draft day you might just be like, yeah, maybe it is a little bit safer to take Vasilevsky. But if Shesterkin ends up starting like 65 games this year as oh. opposed to 52 last I mean, year Igor. like he's yeah he's gonna be incredible so it's gonna be a matter of uh you know how many games he starts he still won the Vesna on the back it's of 52 gonna, starts a season ago it'd be interesting if the world hockey championships go down who gets the crease for Russia if they make it far if they're allowed to play that too but <laughs> yeah that's a good point but that, that'd be a wild one um love to see it but we'll cross that bridge when we uh when we get there who we got at three brock Jacob Markstrom comes in at three for us. I've got him at three. D's got him at three. Biebs has him at five. Markstrom obviously had an outstanding season last year. He seems like somebody that has been uh, at the top of like the the goaltending prospect rankings for a hundred years, and he never really quite panned out. 
Um, but he, you know, a bit of a late bloomer. It took until he was 28 years old uh, to really find his way as a full-time NHL starter. 60 starts in 2018 as a 28-year-old, and now he's really coming into his own uh, here in his early 30s. Last year, he was 37, 15, and 9, had a 222 goals against average, a 922 save percentage, and obviously led the NHL with those outstanding nine shutouts a season ago. Finished second to Igor Shosturkin in the Vesna Trophy voting. Um, the thing that I like the most about Markstrom, I, I, like if you were to tell me how to rank these goalies um, just based on individual ability, Markstrom certainly would not nope. be in my top three. Uh, I like players, goalies like UC Saros, Ilya Sorokin um, better in that regard, but Markstrom is in a perfect situation in Calgary playing on that Daryl Sutter coach team. Very, very defensive. Very, very good. Last year, they were second in the NHL in terms of expected goals against per 60 in all situations. They were just very difficult to play against. And um, in that situation, it just makes being a goalie so much easier. And Markstrom, I think, is you know probably the safest bet to finish top five after these after Shesterkin and Vasilevsky, you, you know, Saros is outstanding, um, but the Predators, I think, have a little bit more question marks than the Flames do. Um, again, if you take a look at the sportsbook odds, the Flames at 102.5, Nashville at 96.5, so a bit of, of difference there. Sorokin still has Semyon Varlamov behind him. Frederick Anderson's got some injury concerns. Marc Andre Fleury's 100. Like, there's yep. just there's a lot of a lot more question marks surrounding the guys below Markstrom. Um, so I feel comfortable. You don't with think him Dan Vlader's gonna take the job? Vladar, yeah, I, I'm Darth not. Vlader. I'm, I'm not too concerned about that at all. No, um, I think that I think Markstrom is 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 just the safest option. To be honest with you, I don't either. By the I, way, I'm I'm the, I'm the biggest UC Soros truther probably. I al- was surprised alive. Yeah. And if it came to me in this spot on draft day, I wouldn't surprise myself if I ended up going Soros over Markstrom. But in terms of just ranking them. For the community, I think that Markstrom is probably the better selection. But for my personal team, because of how much I love Soros, I probably would go Soros over Markstrom. So these two are very, very close for me um, as well. So uh, why did you have Markstrom at five? For me, it's just the two guys in front of them. Um, I've realistically been there, done that more, which is crazy to say about Sorokin. I have him at three, but Sorokin's last two, two... only two years in the NHL, a 918 save percentage and a 925. Markstrom, we've seen it. He's 32 years old, has never gotten a 925 save percentage, and has only achieved above a 918 once, which was last year. Um, realistically, when I look at those numbers, I see upside with Sorokin where I don't see it with Markstrom. Granted, I do agree with you. Calgary is going to be a way better team than I think um, than I think New York Islanders are. They'll probably score double the amount of goals as them, which is alarming but at the same time you know um just those i love the upside of Sorokin. It, it, he kind of did it last year he took that that leap forward you might not get as many wins another thing that kind of stood out Sorokin's 2.17 goals against average last year granted great year only a 918 save percentage so not even his best that goals against average is better than any season markstrom's ever had including last year's 2.22 goals against average which was a career high um markstrom usually around the 2.6 throughout his career basically every season but last year um sorokin's never achieved that he's never gone above a 2.40 goals against even with last year's non-playoff team i you could throw these all in a bag and you know like we say goalies are voodoo at the end of the year 
who knows? I, I realistically, I think it's good to tier these guys, uh, these goalies this year because that's kind of where we're at. And like you said, you know, we got Shostak and Vasilevsky one, and then now we're on that second tier. Um, the reason I bring Saros in at four ahead of Markstrom is just last year third in wins. Um, he's gonna get those crazy amounts of starts again. Only a point zero four um, less save percentage than Markstrom. Just a safer bet each night for me personally. Um, you know, Markstrom's nine shutouts were great, but we've talked about it last year. How many times did he give up an eight spot or give up a six spot? If I can put in Saros every night and not have to worry about that, I like that a little bit more just for my own personal non-losing of weeks. Um, I realistically think that you can draft enough to to, to, if, to have the safer bet, have a second goalie that can make up for it instead of, you know, having to to claw your way back after an eight-goal performance. Um against Markstrom. So that's why I got Saros up there, Brock. Like I, said, I don't know why you're throwing out eight goals like Markstrom gave that up a bunch. I know. He probably gave it up once, right? Maybe. Uh, he did give up zero, eight goals zero times. He <laughs> gave up uh, five plus goals four times. There we go. Uh, believe it or not, Saros actually won two, three, four, five, six, seven times Ouch. five plus goals. So Markstrom actually had the... Markstrom actually had less blow-up games than Saros this year, which I actually, if I would have had to just guess off the top of my head, I would have actually agreed with you there. But you started talking about it. I'm like, I got yeah, to look up these numbers. So Scrap that. Um, but I still would like Saros. Again, just, you know, um, one's 32 and one's below 30. I'm always an upside guy. And I just, I don't know. Something, I think something like, about a Yossi-led offense, or d- defense, I like a little bit more than a Rasmus Anderson-led defense. At Mackenzie Weir, come on now. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't disagree with you. Like I said, I would, I would definitely go, um, <laughs> I definitely would go with, with UC Saros, you know, in my own drafts, I probably, I, I would probably pull the trigger there, but I do really like Marky. It's just, you know what? 29.9. That's a little, that's crazy. Like, and if I could get Sorokin at the same value, I don't know. I'd probably go Sorokin. Yeah. So it, again, uh, Sorokin 29, Marks from 29, Saros 41. So obviously if you take ADPs in effect, which we don't in our rankings, but if you did, obviously Saros, I think is the much better pick there than the other two. To be honest with you, I, I like, I do have Sorokin. We might as well just get into it. I do have Sorokin at five. Um, and he comes in at five. He's three for you. He's six for D. My concern still just lies with Semyon Varlamov being there. Um, I think that... It's getting old. Yeah, and I don't... You know, obviously, I don't think Semyon Varlamov is going to start 40 games. But I think there's a pretty good chance that Semyon Varlamov starts 30, 30 games. Yeah, and fine. then that, that leaves Sorokin for, with 52 games as opposed to what you're probably going to get out of... Um, Markstrom and Saros is probably going to be closer to 62. So you're getting likely 10 more starts out of Saros and Markstrom than you are out of Sorokin. And that's just the reason he kind of falls a tier below for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's really no denying Sorokin's talent, Sorokin's ability. He is outstanding. He has never really had bad numbers to this point. He hardly has bad games. Um, I, I like, he's almost like a Shostirkin light. Like the name's almost there. It's not. Um, the stats are almost there. They're not. And it's kind of been overshadowed by Shostirkin these last couple of years. Um, personally, that's that's where I got him at. And, you know, being a Shostirkin light's still pretty, pretty freaking good. Yeah, I, I think the one misconception, and I've talked about this a hundred times before, is that these Islanders, you know, were just like by far the best defensive team like of all time and nobody could score on them and they just blah, 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 blah. Last year they were 21st in expected goals again. So it's just, you know, it's just Sorokin obviously played. And he still had that year. Yeah, very, very well on a bad, uh, not very good defensive team. But like everybody just thinks like, oh, we need Islanders goalies because the Islanders don't give up scoring chances, but they do and they did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like 
Times are changing. Yeah, I like Sorokin. He he's my top. He, he's my fifth. But if they were that bad, what if they moved to you know fifteenth bestie in the league? Uh, yeah, no. What it, does he do there? You know, that's that's I guess right. But we're already but we're already seeing that you know last year the Flames were number two, right? Like mm-hmm. like they already are number, and that's why I just think Markstrom is that much better. Um, so yeah, like they could get better, no doubt. Um, you know, they could end up being yeah. closer to Calgary's Nashville. Like right. Nashville was eighteenth, but uh, Flames were uh, the Flames were a very very good defensive team. So. Yeah, like in that spot, as we say, the ADPs are neck and neck there with Sorokin and Markstrom. I would go Markstrom um, just because I think you're going to get more starts. I think there's more reliability there. Um, and then Saros at 41 is just an absolute steal. Yeah, that's um, crazy. So, yeah, that that's our top five. Let's move on to number six. And this is where things start to get a little bit different for us. We've got Frederick Anderson of the Carolina Hurricanes. I had him at seven. I was the lowest on him at seven. Dylan had him at four. You have him at six. Uh, my ranking really isn't a knock on Frederick Anderson. I mean, he was one of the best goalies in the NHL last year, but he got hurt, and he always three. seems to get hurt. He finished fourth in Vesna Trophy voting, um, and he just seems to be nicked up pretty often. You know, before the year before with Toronto, he only had 23 starts in the 56 game season. Uh, he, you know, he just never seems to be fully healthy. Um, and that's a bit of a concern, obviously, when you're taking this guy as your number one goalie. Um, the other issue for me is Antti Ranta is probably a top five backup in the NHL. He's very, very good. He's someone that they can rely upon pretty heavily. And I think that until he's somebody... He until he gets hurt as well. Yeah, he's... The two of them are just... I mean, they started Peter Kotchev or whatever yeah. last year in the playoffs. So, um, <laughs> like... Tough. There's just a couple red flags for Anderson. Obviously, the team's very, very good. He's very, very good. But I think that, again, you're probably looking at somebody who is going to be closer to 50 starts than he is to 60 starts. And to that's a that's an important number for me, and it factors in heavily in my my rankings, is, is which guys are actually going to be playing 60 games, which guys are going to be playing 50, which guys are going to be playing 40. We'll get to somebody who I have projected for 44 who made some of your guys' top 15 and didn't I come think, anywhere though. close to mine. Would so, you rather have 60 games and 35 wins? Or 52 games and 35 wins. I mean, I, obviously, like, if you can tell me that you can win thir- the same amount of games in 52, yeah. then sure. It, it, it's, it's obviously... Goaltenders often overlap, so... You know, it's obviously doable. There. Like, if he goes 35, 14, and 3 again in 52 starts, then yes. Obviously, Frederick uh, Anderson uh, should probably be in the top Carolina five. Carolina we're talking about. I understand that, but um, I just think that there's, a, there's just more risk here than some of the other guys above him. Um, again, the Hurricanes last year were eighth in defense. They're a very, very good team. Um, I love Frederick Anderson, and I would love to get him at his current ADP oh, uh, of 52.5. Yeah. That is juicy. In that situation, then yes, you no issues taking him. If I don't get Soros at 41, I have no problem taking Anderson at 42. Um, if his ADP is 52 and I get him at 52, then even better. But t- to sit here and say that I would take him over Soros is, is, is not true. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, that's why I have Saros ahead of him. But I got him, you know, two spots back. Um, like you said, you know, still hurt. Still ended the year seventh in wins with 35, as I mentioned. Yep. Um, third in save percentage. Second in goals against average. These are all, you know, very, deserving very of that, that top four Vezna. He was arguably the goaltender steal of the year last year for a lot of teams. Um, minus the fact that he just didn't do shit for you in the playoffs when you made it because he was hurt. That's what I'm saying. Yes. That is very alarming. Um, I, I had to, like, in the back of my head go, you know, predict maybe he'll stay healthy. Just because 
Ranta might help that. Last year, Freddie was leaned on a little bit harder due to Ranta's injuries. Who knows? Maybe that pushed him to also get hurt. If they can both stay healthy, maybe these guys can actually help each other to complete a full year. And if that happens, I don't mind having it. Another thing is, if I'm only getting those 52 starts, sometimes with goalies, especially nowadays, you're rolling four goalies, three goalies, four goalies, a lot of teams. And if you have to make that decision, if he's just not in net, it makes it a lot easier. And then when he is in net, you just start the dude. So I don't really mind it too much in that regard. Um, a 60-start goalie sometimes scares me because that just means I'm putting them on the bench a lot more when they're playing against any of these these top eight teams that we're going to see in the NHL, um, especially with you know the fail for... Uh, What's his name there? Um, Nolan Bedard going down. Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. There we go. That's the name. Fail for that guy going on. We're seeing a lot of high-end teams and a lot of low-end teams. So um, you just be really afraid. You, you don't want to start a guy when he's playing Colorado, when he's playing Tampa, when he's playing Carolina. No, but um, if you, well, you also have place. Anderson who, like, I mean, it's obviously going to be different for everybody, but... Yeah. Like if you have Anderson, like you, if if Carolina's playing three games in a week, like yeah. he's only getting two starts. Yeah, he's and not, I'm starting him for both of them. Yeah, and like where UC yeah. might start all three. That is Sorokin issue. probably he's going to be the same as Anderson. Markstrom's probably going to start all three. Like Vasilevsky, Shesterkin. Like unless there's back to backs, those guys don't come yeah. out of the net. Yeah, where it doesn't need to be a back to back situation for anti round to take the net. Yeah, and I did. Uh, I was going to say I did preach earlier. You know that if you could take Shesterkin, you can maybe save a roster spot. Where now I'm also gonna have to say the opposite about fred where you know if you take him you probably have to take a fourth goalie so you know weigh those options um as as you will but um it, it, it it's crazy because i could realistically <laughs> i hate to say it but i could see fred getting like 15 starts this year and that's it getting hurt you know, well i mean classic yeah. but he also he used to be a healthy guy prior to his maple leafs days um he's never you know yeah, like in Toronto, we started 66 games two years in a row. It's certainly it's doable. Yeah. And, and if Anthony Renta gets hurt, like, yeah, and Anderson, and Anderson stays healthy for the full season, Anderson could start 66 and be a stud. But yeah. playing the, you know... I do think pr- he makes a safe pick, though. If playing the probability game, I think that he's probably more likely yeah. to be closer to 50 than... Um, and I think we've season. entered, like, Tier 3 here, where I mentioned earlier, you know, we have 1, 2, and 3. I think yeah, this is, I, like, I think, a, or a 2.5 I think almost. Sorokin and Anderson are pretty comparable because they're in an almost identical situation and quality backup behind them, pretty decent team. Although, I think, that, I, I, yeah, I, I think that they're pretty... Wins. I think they're fairly even. Obviously, Sorokin's got, you know, some better upside because he's younger, but he plays on a worse team, yeah. so... I think to me, to me, I think Sorokin, like I think the top four, the top four, and then Sorokin, Anderson, and, and then some of these other guys kind of start to yeah. um, the wash is starting. Yes. Uh, speaking of wishy wash, number seven is Marc Andre Fleury. Uh, he comes in. I've got him at sixth. Um, D's got him right here at seventh. Biebs has got him at eleventh. Smell ya. Um, Marc Andre Fleury. If you weren't paying attention or don't know, now with the Minnesota Wild, yes. um, his. Signing with the Wild basically ran Cam Talbot out of town. Talbot was shipped to the Ottawa Senators. Philip Gustafson was brought in to be Marc-Andre Fleury's backup. And now Fleury seems like a guy who's probably going to start 55 games for the Wild. Um, Again, the Vegas Sportsbook have the Wild with the ninth best uh, stats overall with 101.5 points over under this year. So, um, very, very good hockey team. In terms of defense, last year they were uh, sixth in the league. So this is a very good team with a very good veteran goalie who has been, um, you know, who's been doing it for years. We talked about it at the stop, top of the show. Mike McKenna said he was going to be a uh, a bust last year, but he was playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. A little bit easier to see that one coming. Where after he was traded to the Wild last year, this man went nine and two with a two seven four goals against average nine ten save. 
save percentage. You know, again, not, not the best numbers there, but then in the postseason, Me. he struggled a little bit as well. Nine, 906 save percentage in five games. But uh, very, very good team. He's 38 years old or will be 38 this year. Uh, he turns 38 in November. So there's that's like the only concern here for me yeah. is his age. But I goalies mean, are the one the one position where once you start reaching that mid thirties, it's like whew, right. Your but groin you, doesn't work. You the look same. at his age thirty six season in Vegas. This yeah. man went twenty six and ten with a one ninety eight goals against average, nine twenty eight save percentage, and won the Vesna. But that look like, at his age thirty four, thirty five, thirty seven. Years, no doubt. <laughs> How was he? He was never terrible, though. No, like, and he's but always he never good. He's always got a, a a good winning percentage. He wins more games. It might not always be pretty, but he wins games. And do I think he's going to go out and win the Vezina? Probably not. But craziest thing about that year, he I, had a below two goals against. Yeah, it's insane. That's what I'm saying. Like, so he's not that far removed from that. This this Minnesota team isn't as good as that Vegas team, but. They're still a very good team. Yeah. I think that he is a pretty reliable netminder here in this spot. I I, I have no problem taking him. Um, he does go a little bit ahead of Anderson. His ADP is 50.5. That's crazy. So, like, I, I would obviously prefer Anderson there, but Fleury is a fine choice if you get him there in the 50th, uh, around the 50th yeah. pick, as long as you're taking Anderson first. Yep. No, that that's fine. Um, I could see a case for Fleury, and obviously, like you said, you know, if you love wins, and some leagues value wins higher than mm-hmm. others, um, and if, if you love wins... This guy's gonna win a lot, um, but for me, it was uh, it was tough just looking at those previous years when you know four of his last five seasons he's averaging below a nine ten save percentage. That's tough. Granted, you know that's me also being picky and taking out of Vesna season. So um, you know this is kind of where, like we said, it gets wishy washy. So me personally, not being the biggest fan of Minnesota. This year, um, I do think they're a very good team. I think is this your a, Colorado Avalanche bias? This could be no, but I do think they're a good team. Um, I think they're going to be a playoff team, but I just I'm worried about a 37 year old goalie when I can grab a 23 year old out in Dallas. Who you know, I believe that team's arguably close to the same realm. Um, but we we'll get into that debate later. But if you're talking Freddie Anderson versus Mark Andre Fleury, I don't even think that's a question that's crazy that those two are close i guess i was just really turned off here and we said that we didn't put adps in the perspective but when i'm seeing a 50.5 for mark andre Fleury, mm-hmm. um that's just i'm sorry that's way too high um you could probably get a hundred point guy at that point um on your roster or a it's exactly where i actually have him ranked i've got him at 52 he's going 51.8 so if you disagree with his adp you disagree with me and i do now me and brock have to look each other in the eyes the whole whole rest of the show but um it's it's i'm staring i I think it's just he's a safe pick i don't think he's gonna he's like i said he's not gonna win the vesna i have projected for 30 31 wins 2.63 goals against average 915 save percentage i think that that's pretty 31 wins is elite yeah it's pretty it's pretty fair like frederick anderson i've got at 32 wins 2.45 goals against average 915 save percentage so slightly better goals against is the only thing that really differentiates these two for me but yeah, Fleury's it, 38. So yeah, I, and I I think that Philip Gustafson's actually pretty good. I think Philip Gustafson's a pretty capable backup. I don't think we're going to see Fleury start 65 games this year by any stretch. So um, yeah, I think he's a safe pick. I don't think he's anybody that's gonna you know I, I wouldn't have to, wouldn't reach for him certainly. But yeah. if he's like yeah, you're, if if the first six goalies are off the board and you're really looking for a goalie around 50, I have no problem with yeah. taking him there. And we're kind of at that point where it's like uh, it's like preference choices now for these goalies. Um, when we get these, 100%. these five here, it's like, who do you like more realistically? Yep. Pick the dude who you want um, because they're all so, you know, 
the same and, and arguably can put, put up similar years. And we're talking about all playoff goaltenders here. Um, I think that's one thing, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. They all come so. on really good teams Except for other than Sorokin. Sorokin. Uh, yeah. Sorry, you goalie. suck. You just have the, one of the best goalies in the league. But Yeah. Uh, the or Sorry, the Washington Capitals' new netminder, Darcy Kemper, uh, Stanley Cup champion of the Colorado Avalanche, comes in at number eight for us. You've got him at seven. I've got him at eight. Dylan's got him at ten. Overall, he is the number eight consensus goalie for us. His ADP uh, is actually significantly lower than this. His ADP is currently the 11th goalie going off the board. ADP of a 63.3. So we're a little bit higher on Darcy Kemper than the average. But uh, yeah, I mean, he had a really, really good year last year. The issue for him is that he just no longer plays for the Colorado Avalanche. The Washington Capitals, though, not too bad of a hockey team. Do you remember when taking their goalie was just automatic fantasy glory? Um, Like, Two years ago, three years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. Braden Holpe was just an absolute stud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Capitals, in their own right, last year were actually a better defensive hockey team overall in terms of the mm-hmm. statistics. Two point seven expected goals for per sixty was fourth best in the NHL. Uh, about four point four goals better than the Colorado Avalanche last year. So he heads into a pretty good situation uh, overall. You know, the sports books likes uh, thinks the Capitals are a pretty middling team, pretty average, fifteenth. Um, high, well, I guess tied for 13th, I should say, with 95.5 points. So, yeah, he's in a pretty decent spot. He, he started 57 games a season ago. He started 50-plus twice in his career. Everywhere he's been, he's put up really nice numbers last year, 254 goals against, 921 save percentage, won 37 games. This is also a guy that we just, like, we, we had, had a, a terrible feeling. start. Yeah, and we, we had a feeling he was going to be pretty good, obviously, playing on a good Colorado team, but he put up really, really good numbers on bad Arizona Coyotes teams, and um, and yeah, he, he, he followed through, and to, to your point here, through um, the first two months of the season, he wasn't great, but... Um, once December hit and he returned uh, from injury, he went 28-7-4 with a 9.27 save percentage Ooh. in his next 42 games. So he was he was dynamite. Uh, Charlie Lindgren as his backup certainly not somebody that makes me nervous. Not somebody that's going to be pushing. Charlie. Uh, that's going to be pushing Kemper for starts. I've got Kemper plugged in for about 57 starts this year, 30 wins, 258 goals against average, 9.12 save percentage. So uh, I really like Darcy. I think he again is a pretty safe pick. I don't think that you're going to have to go too crazy for him either. Obviously, like last year, he probably he was going pretty early because uh, he did play for the Avalanche. He was a starting goalie, but people don't seem to like the Washington Capitals quite as much. As I mentioned, ADP 63.3. Yeah, it's hilarious. I think you mentioning just, you know, that Washington is a better defensive team than Colorado. That in itself is going to blow a lot of people's minds. But as we've said with... That'll goal- just make people say like, oh, expected goals don't mean shit. Yeah, but thing is... Uh, Expected goals do mean shit in fantasy, unfortunately, um, to those who don't want to. Well, fortunately for us, because we can uh, try to predict things. But as you mentioned, you know, you dropped those ridiculous numbers. He he ended the year fifth in save percentage, fourth in wins. Um, Those are two two of four or five goalie categories right there where he's a top five candidate. Um, And as mentioned, after a bad start, you put him on a better defensive team, one that's going to lose a little bit less games. I think this is... uh, if we're talking about Marc-Andre Fleury being a safe pick, I think this is an incredibly safe pick. Uh, it's just he's been there, done that. Even if you don't want to, you know, you want to say he played for Arizona. Like you said, those numbers are there. I like Kemper. The age worries me a little bit. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's not a bad thing to be a Washington goalie. We saw fantasy production out of 
Ilya Samsonov and uh, yep. Vitek Vanisic yep. last year, and both were arguably you not know, very good. No, yeah, not even arguably. They just weren't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Samsonov is terrible. Yeah, I, I really like Kemper. I won't lie. I originally had him at five here, so to bring him to seven was a bit of a pushback for me, but um, I think he makes a really good pick, and I think if you get him as your second goalie come draft day, you're laughing, and even if he's your first, you're still good. You're not. You're you're going to be fine. So, um, yeah, yeah, like just is, is, even the three seasons in Arizona before he arrived in Colorado, nine twenty two save percentage, yeah. two thirty five goals against average. And I think that's that what got us so pumped last year. Was yes. that you know it's like this guy's coming in with a finally gets a chance, on the shittiest team ever. Yeah, um, here we are. Yeah, I like I like his upside here this year, and yeah, I think like you said, safe pick and uh, somebody that I think like if you don't if you're not somebody that likes to reach on on grabbing a goalie early and you'd rather fill out your your wingers and and maybe uh, grab a Kale McCarr or one of the top defensemen uh, as opposed like if you're drafting like Roman Yossi, you're probably not getting Markstrom or Sorokin. Um, you know, if you're drafting, Ekblad, I love that. If you're drafting Ekblad, you're probably not getting UC Soros, like stuff like that. Even if, you, again, if you want to take a look at wingers, uh, you've got, you know, basically you're going to make that decision between, you know, Panarin or Sorokin, Panarin or Markstrom, uh, Pasternak and Markstrom. And then if you're not grabbing those guys, then I think Darcy Kemper is somebody, you know, in the mid rounds that you can confidently fill out your number one goaltending spot and you know yeah he's not gonna light the world on fire he's certainly not gonna be Igor Shesterkin but he can be he can really solidify uh your goaltending so yeah personally now that you're saying it give me Makar Kemper over Vast whatever well yeah let's just take days of the week let's take a look here so if yeah if you want to go Makar in the first round um Makar and Kemper as opposed to Vasilevsky and Chris Letang oh buddy Buddy, give me that. Yep, I'm okay with it. And then grab one of our sleepers or our breakouts. Oh, laughing. Enjoy collecting the league fee all <laughs> uh, yourself. All right, number nine is Tristan Jari. Uh, this is the only time I miss Dylan being here on goaltending episodes because nobody loves the Pittsburgh Penguins goaltending more than Dylan. It's those yellow uh, pillows. I don't man. know if I, like I can't. I can never remember if Jari was like the one he was in love no, with or just Smith. Smith yeah. But like I think he loves both of them equally now. Um, and Jari, yeah, he's the highest on Jari. He's got Jari at eight. You also have Jari at eight. I have Jari outside the top ten at number twelve. Crazy man. Um, yeah, the Penguins are very very good. I like the Penguins. Uh, they were are top they very def- very good though. They were a top ten defensive team last year. Seventh. Yeah. In terms of expected goals against, you're right. In terms of the, what the sports book thinks of them, they're eighth, 102.5. So, yeah, still a very, very good team. Uh, but it's just the fact that the Smith is still there. The Smith, like I said, you know, same argument I made about Ranta, same argument I made about Varlamov. Uh, DeSmith is maybe the best backup in the entire NHL. Uh, DeSmith last year had a 914 save percentage. He was very, very good. He's been very reliable. He started 24 games last year, he started 30 games in 2019 and you know we we've seen he's jari 31. we've seen jari struggle at times who dismith yeah yeah he's old i didn't realize he's that old we've seen jari struggle at times and i think that they have not been hesitant in the past to go to dismith so i just don't know if you're gonna get enough starts out of him to be somebody that i can confidently rely on as my number one to me he is a very 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 good number two option um, but at his ADP of 65, I don't think I'll be having any Tristan Yari on my team this year. But um, nonetheless, even if he starts around 50 games, 52 games, he is still somebody like a Freddie Anderson, like uh, a Sorokin, who is capable of winning 30 games despite the limited start. So he's going to be valuable for you. I just like those guys that I know are going to be starting three games every week for me in my lineup um, at the top. So yeah, to me, um, 
He's fine. He's a number two to me. Maybe a low end number one as I got him at 12. But his ADP is currently the 12th goalie off the board. So I'm kind of in lockstep with the uh, community right now. And and that's fine. But um, no, yeah, it's, 64th. It's fair. Realistically, um, before this year, Yari hadn't, or before last year, Yari hadn't eclipsed more than 40 games. So he hadn't had a full starters workload. So technically, this is his sophomore starting season. That's uh, a little alarming. Um, especially, as you said, when there is someone as good as DeSmith backing him up. I didn't realize how strong DeSmith's numbers were, but yeah, across 94 games, he's got a 914 save percentage. In fairness, uh, in the lockout shortened season. Yeah, he did uh, start. It's not lockout. Uh, COVID's shortened season. Um, Jari, 38 starts in 58 yeah, games so is the equivalent of 56 starts. So That's same fair. as last year. That's fair. That, that year kills me. Um, but last year, he absolutely crushed it. He, had, he was eighth in the league in wins. Uh, sixth in save percentage and sixth in goals against average, um, and I, and this was before I believe he got injured at the end, right before the playoffs, um, and then tried to come in and play hurt. This is a guy though that he he was remember the Louis Domingue days, yeah, the Louis Domingue days. Um, you don't want to remember the Louis Domingue spicy days. pork. You that was hilarious. That was amazing. Also, I want some spicy pork. <laughs> but uh, Tristan Yari, at one point last year, he was in Vesna contention prior to this injury. Uh, that's just kind of why I had to give him that respect of eight. I, I, I wanted to keep him out of the top 10, Brock. I really did. But as you mentioned, Pittsburgh kind of still is steady. They're always steady. They're, they're a playoff team. And, uh, and this is just a guy who, you know, if he can put up, even if he's not eighth in wins and, you know, top, top six in goals against and save percentage, if he's top 10 in all of those, um, I'm, I'll gladly take him here at eight. I like Yari. I just like the team in front of him. And um, let's see it happen again. Another 920 like he has in two of his last three years. Yeah, to your point, on his first 34 games last year, he was 23-7-4 and with a 9.26 save percentage. He was absolutely outstanding in the first half of last season. Um, But in the second half, he did come back down to earth a little bit. He had a 9.11 save percentage with a 500 win percentage in his uh, next 24 starts. So depending on which Tristan Jari shows up for the majority of this season will largely depend on how he finishes uh, this year. So, uh, yeah, that is... It for Tristan Jari. Moving on to our number 10 consensus goalie. We've got Connor Hellebuck. Uh, me and Dylan both have him ranked at number 9. You have Hellebuck at number 12. I'm not going to talk too much about yeah. Hellebuck right now because Hellebuck does come in as my sleeper for this season, my goaltender sleeper for this year. So uh, I really, really like Connor Hellebuck this year. Um, he does come just narrowly ahead of Jeremy Swayman, who's our number 11 goalie. Uh, I had Swayman at 11, D had him at 11, you had him at 10. So instead of uh, you know ruining all my Connor Hellebuck talk uh, for, for my sleeper later, why don't you just explain to the listeners why you have Jeremy Swayman ranked uh, as your final number 10 goaltender? Uh, I'm actually not going to do that, Brock, because he's my breakout later. Oh, well, then so, you know what? That's uh, going to do it. I was it. thinking, I was like, dude, so you're just going to get this pass? And I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's all right. So then that's fine. We'll, we'll save that for the second half. Just to reiterate, Igor Shosturkin at one, Andre Vasilevsky at two, Jacob Markstrom at three, UC Saros at four, Ilya Sorokin five, Frederick Anderson six, Marc-Andre Fleury seven, Darcy Kemper, 8. Tristan Yari, 9. Connor Hellebuck, 10. Just outside, Jeremy Swayman, 11. Thatcher Demko tied with Jake Ottinger for 12. Jack Campbell, 14. And then the Colorado goalies, 
Pavel Francouz, Alexander Georgiev, 15, 16, Sergei Bobrovsky, 17, much because of me dragging town uh, Bobrovsky's ranking. Yeah. If D <laughs> would have ranked Georgiev in front, Francouz, uh, I think that Bobrovsky probably would have been the number 15 goalie, which is, you know, is fine. Um, you had him at 16, D had him at 12. I had him significantly lower. But uh, again, we'll get to that all a little bit later in the show. For now, enjoy the Blue Stones. We will see you back here in 60 seconds. Welcome back to Season 8, Episode 3 of the Daily Faceoff Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We are going to get our sleepers, breakouts, and busts on here in the second half of the show. Uh, and before we went to break, I mentioned that my sleeper was Connor Hellebuck, who came in as our number 10. Did mention that. Our number 10 consensus goaltender. So we might as well start with Connor Hellebuck. And uh, if you missed it, or if you haven't seen it yet, I released a... Uh, Fantasy Hockey Sleepers article on DFO today uh, based on Yahoo ADPs. And Connor Hellebuck made it in there as one of my sleepers. So we might as well just go with it. Connor Hellebuck's current ADP is 75.8. He's going to come at a huge discount this year after being drafted as the, or currently being drafted as the number 16 goalie right now. Um, he wasn't great last year. He was tied for 25th in save percentage with a 9.10. He was 34th in goals against average with a 2.94, but he was still second in the NHL in game started, which I just told you I absolutely love with 66 games started and 13th in wins with 29. Um, but the Jets really didn't do him any favors last year. They're a bottom five team in all situations, expected goals against. Um, but this offseason, they hired former Stars bench boss Rick Bonus as their new head coach, and that should bode very well for Hellebuck. In his three years behind the Stars bench, the Stars were top three in all situation goals against um, per 60 and expected goals against per 60. Like And like when I say they're not top three, like they weren't top three aggregate. They were legitimately top like three top, each yeah. every year. Um, so the Jets might not have the exact same high-quality defensive makeup that the Stars had, but at the very least, they should not be a bottom. It's going to get better. Has to get better. And the, yeah, like they're not going to be a bottom-of-the-league defensive team with bonus at the helm. So um, Hellbuck, to me, is one of the few goalies you could actually confidently expect to start 60-plus games. He's done it year in and year out for, for an extended period of time. And if the Jets do end up getting better defensively and do play better in front of him, I think that there's a legitimate chance that Connor Hellebuck returns to a top-five fantasy netminder. Um, obviously, he was a guy that we drafted in the top-five religiously for a number of years there. Um, and then little, you know one bad year, and people are dropping him way down draft boards. So to me, I think he can easily get back to being a top-five fantasy netminder this year. 
uh, with uh, Rick Bonus in town. And that's just kind of upside that you're not going to be able to find in the seventh round. So uh, grab yourself some Connor Hellebuck. As I mentioned, current ADP is 75.8. And when we look at that, um, that's behind Jari, that's behind Kemper, that's behind Bobrovsky. Uh, a lot of guys that I, I had rated, you know, outside of my top 10. So I love Hellebuck at 75.8. Yeah, one thing about Hellebuck that kind of stands out for me, 916 career save percentage. That would have tied him with Andre Vasilevsky last year for 12th in the league. And that's including, as mentioned, um, off years like last year, the year before, where, you know, Winnipeg's defense has been abysmal. Um, but this is a guy who's proven twice in his career he can post above a 922. He's got a 922 and a 924, yep. and he uh, he's shown that he can he can pitch below a two a 2.5 uh, goals against average. I really like this Brock. I kind of hope people don't listen to this episode <laughs> in my league. Everyone else listen to this episode, but anyone of the 11 other players in my league, Dean included, uh, I really hope that they don't listen because I would love to get me some Hellebuck. I think this is honestly one of the the bigger sleepers. Of any position out there, mm. um, realistically. I agree. He, yeah. he, he, stu- he stuck out to me as somebody... Like, in points leagues, he comes out as, like, the number four goalie Yeah, for in me. points leagues, he's unbelievable, yeah. like you said. Stops, start- makes so many stops, sees so many pucks, like... And as much as, you know, kind of said it, it can't get worse. And if it can't get worse than a 9-10 um, and then below three goals against average, that's pretty freaking good. So, yeah. um, I really like this. And if you're getting him at this position, you're getting him as your third goalie. And He's a third- 16th goalie off the board right now. So you're getting him as your second, <laughs> second goalie, goalie. But, but a second goalie with top five upside. Reasonably f- number one goalie expectations. Not yeah. even upside. Expectations, I think, is unbelievable. Um, I think that's a dirty one, Brock. Yeah, but- like you could reasonably start like with like you could if you wanted to go like back to back with goalies and you wanted to grab like a Kemper Hellebuck tandem, you could be laughing. Absolutely. Um, kind of the theme for sleepers here. I'm kind of jumping on that same train of guys who start a lot of games and uh, might not be on great teams, but John Gibson of the A9 Ducks is currently the goaltender that I have getting slept on, going 177.9 in drafts right now. That's basically undrafted. Um, this is a guy who, 30 games in the last year, Anaheim was in a playoff spot. People thought they were the next, you know, this is the this is the big... Troy Terry's went to the heart. That, we had that incredible. Um, let's just say people had high expectations, higher expectations than they should have. Either way, we got to see a, a nice mid, I'd say 40-game stretch from John Gibson last year um, where he realistically was a goalie that you wanted on your fantasy roster. Um, after that, the shit kind of hit the fan, um, to put things relatively. Finishing the year with a 9-4 save percentage and a 319 or 3.19 goals against... Uh, Gibson was unstartable almost last year towards the end, which is definitely why he's going this late. But for me, if I'm grabbing a final goalie on my roster, I love banking on the amount of starts that a guy can get. And Brock's kind of talked about it. There's limited goalies who realistically should get close to 60 starts, even if they are on bad teams. And if it's my third goalie, John Gibson, getting 60 starts, you can be picky and choosy. You should realistically have two, maybe three better goalies in front of him on your roster. If you can go Anaheim against Arizona and get John Gibson in, I love that. Play your matchups with him. This is a guy who is only 29 years old. He started 50 or more games in four of his last five seasons, and that's unfair to say because the one season that he didn't was obviously the shortened season, Mm -hmm. um, which he would have been on pace for to make it five out of five. He once had a three-year stretch 
where he averaged a 923 save percentage. That's a three-year stretch. That's not one fluke flash in the pan. There is that talent there for this guy. I think he is a safe bet at 20 wins. Granted, he only got 18 last year, but I, I, I think it's another case of things can't be worse. Anaheim is a young budding roster that's only getting better. Their defense, um, Jamie Drysdale taking another step forward. These are people who eat key minutes, should be better than last year. Um, I like him as a third goalie, just as mentioned. You can just, if you have one of your top two go down, this is realistically a guy by season's end who could find himself into goaltender two status. And if you're getting that out of someone that you got at the end of your draft, that's beautiful. I just think at this point, there's going to be a lot of people taking goalies who might only get 30 starts or Mm -hmm. are on teams that are just as bad as Anaheim and getting 45 starts. Um, I like John Gibson. If you're going to take a goalie on a shitty team, you might as well go with one who's proven he can do it before. And that is John Gibson for me. At only 29, it may feel like this guy's been in the league forever. He has, but he is still a young buck. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I like him at 178. I couldn't believe it. I think he's someone who also, you never want to bet on a trade, but if things are going bad this year, we could see him move. And if, Even he, if he finds he doesn't, himself though, anywhere like, else, it's better, you know. He's being drafted, like you said. He's like, so late. He's like, your, like the 30th-ish goalie off yeah. the board. Like, he's your number three goalie. And, like, if he doesn't pan out, you just drop him anyway. Like, there's no – you have no ties to yeah. John Gibson. And he could easily play himself into a top – uh, a, a top two goaltending like role as a as a fantasy starter and um yeah like I I think like as you mentioned there was a three year stretch where he had a nine twenty six the concerns and the, and the people that don't like John Gibson will look be like well yeah his last three year stretch he's got a nine oh four yeah not good no but as you mentioned he was pretty good for a portion of last season his first thirty eight starts in fact he had a nine eleven save percentage yeah. so I mean. Nothing spectacular, but, but that's only point one off of what Vasilevsky gave you. Yeah, yeah, he like he was a nine eleven, which was which is fine as a third goalie specifically. Like that's completely acceptable. Mm-hmm. The problem for him was his final eighteen games. He had only had two wins. Oh, in his final terrible. eighteen games, he had an eight eighty nine save percentage. So the Ugh. wheels kind of just completely fell off for him. And if he can put if he can put together um, a season a little bit more consistent and even if he comes in around uh, you know a 9-10 which um, I have him projected at a 9.08 save percentage 296 save percentage but still he's he's closer to the 20th ranked goalie for me than he is the 30th ranked goalie which his current ADP is so you know outside of Connor Hellebuck so so Hellebuck, like the difference between my actual ranking and where the Yahoo ADP is, John Gibson actually had the biggest discrepancy there, making yeah. him, you know, the, the most obvious goaltender value. I felt a little bit more strongly about Hellebuck having a bounce back year, specifically because of the addition of Rick Bonus. But Gibson certainly is a guy who who's you know, his ranking and his ADP are not going to agree with each other at all. So yeah, if you can he's got to me. Uh, pretty pretty safe, uh, low end number two fantasy value, and you get him like almost at the end of the draft, yeah. like 170. It's also is- a guy too who I think, and I don't think you could get this out of a lot of guys. If Anaheim does come out flying again, you know Zegris starts picking pucks up, throwing them in the net again, <laughs> and 30 games in, he has 12 wins. Even you could 15 trade him. wins. You can trade him for sure, and people love. A lot of people love the name John Gibson. Yeah, he still carries a lot of name value for sure. Absolutely. You know, the, the only um, 
reason he's probably not higher on my list is I'm actually a fairly big believer in Anthony Stellars. I think Stellars will probably still take away some starts for him, but Gibson should still be around that 55 start mark, which is very, very good for a guy, like you said, is going to be your number three goaltender. Um, In terms of D's breakout this year, D has... um, Matt Murray, I believe. Yeah, yes. Matt Murray of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Current ADP is 152.5. Um, it, you know, he he goes from Toronto or from Ottawa to Toronto. Um, he's going to be battling with Ilya Samsonov. It's been a while, I believe, what, three seasons since we've really seen the best out of Matt Murray. Yeah. But when he was at his best, I mean, he was among the best. During his time in Pittsburgh... Yeah. Before he started playing poorly, he had a four-year stretch where he had a 917 save percentage. Yep. Um, There's again, a reason he has that a $6 was, million dollar contract. Yeah, and that was in 2019. It's been a while. Um, in, his, in his three years since then, it's gone much, much worse. He's you know Last year was the first time he even crept back above a 900 save percentage, 899 overall in his last 83 starts. So this is a bit of a gamble by the Maple Leafs, but um, you know, they've got Elias Simpsonoff coming in to, to back him up or to split time with him. And yeah, I think, you know, whenever you get a, a goaltender that's going to be playing games on a team as good as the Toronto Maple Leafs are likely to be, last year they were the third best in terms of expected goals against per 60. Um, according to the sports book, they have the second highest uh, projected point total at 107.5 behind only the Avalanche. So yeah, like when you're getting a goalie that is on that team, it, it, he could certainly be outstanding. I mean, we saw Jack Campbell be maybe the best goalie in fantasy last year for like a two-month yeah, stretch and then just completely up blew up. Um, and he, I think that Matt Murray is certainly a guy that could be capable of coming in and, and putting together a similar two-month stretch. And like you said, then you just ship him for yeah, somebody else. I'd be like, oh, he's, he's a Maple Leafs goalie. Um, the only issue for me is like, as much as Matt Murray could be a sleeper, like, so could Sam so Sonoff. could Sam Sonoff. I I really don't know if we know which one of these guys is going to be better. Um, Sam Sonoff's ADP is significantly higher for some reason. He's at one fourteen point six, um, whereas we mentioned uh, Car- or, uh, Matt Murray is significantly lower, around one fifty. So yeah, like obviously, if you were going to take the gamble on one of them i would take the gamble on murray who's going 40 picks later and at at 150 i don't even hate if they do split if you get 41 41 out of them 100 i'm fine with that at 150 just because of the least i'm not fine with that if you're getting i'm trying trying to think of another tandem in the league if you're getting really who so there we go if you're getting that detroit tandem i'm not cool with 20 41 starts perfect example yeah really who so goes like 126 so he's going yeah. about 30 spots ahead of yeah um matt murray where Huso is probably the more reliable goaltender at this point of their careers um but he's on a worse yeah. team i wish Huso he, was in toronto yes that would i would feel better about that um but yeah Huso is somebody that i think you know anton forsberg cam talbot i think is another one that could be pretty close to an even split even colorado with Gorgiev. Uh, and Francois, Georgiev's going 100th overall. Although I'd rather have even Fl- Even Florida, you've got Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky. Knight's going 74, Bobrovsky's going 59. So yeah, like those are guys that are going to be... Uh, Jeremy Swayman and, and, and Linus Allmark, another one that could yeah. be very close to a 50-50 split, and they're going significantly earlier. So yeah, to me, Matt Murray is worth the gamble because you're, you know, you're certainly not paying a premium for this guy at all. So, um, yeah, I, I like the pick from D. Um, 
you know, not all that surprising him picking a Maple Leaf and all, but uh, I think that there's pretty good reason behind it, and yeah. I think that I we think might have to do the science behind these sleepers over the last eight seasons just to see how many are Maple Leafs. I wonder if it's over under fifty percent. It's they're definitely not, they're under. not bad takes. Either. No, it's like, definitely like it was great. Murray's not bad. It's just funny. I think I think the Michael Grabner thing from year one just still looms yeah, large. It's just looms a little too large. That taste just stays we'll, in our We'll mode. we'll bring it up to him on tomorrow's episode, and we'll maybe we'll try to do some science behind it, and we'll bring it up tomorrow and uh, and see what uh, what he thinks about his sleeper picks. But let's continue with our what what do we call it? The compliment sandwich. Yep. And talk about our busts next. I'll go first with Sergey Bobrovsky at sixty. Don't get me wrong. Um, I still think that Sergei Bobrovsky is a very, very good goalie. Uh, I think that Sergei Bobrovsky is, you know, going to probably have a pretty good season. However, at 60th ADP, going ahead of Connor Hellebuck, going ahead of Darcy Kemper, um, going ahead of Tristan Jari, I just don't love it. Um, you know, he did start 53 games. He did tie Vasilevsky or Shesterkin, whichever one, for the lead league in NHL wins with 39. He did have a 913 save percentage and a 267 goals against average. He was very good last year. Um, but we've seen this before where he's been rather inconsistent on a year-to-year basis. Bobrovsky teeter-totter. I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily go completely one way or the other, but it's not necessarily like he's never been super consistent. And to me... I'm not sure if there's a team that dismantled the roster more than the Florida Panthers this offseason. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Matthew Kachuk is fine, and he's going to be a decent replacement for um, for Huberto. Uh, but losing Uyghur is going gonna, is gonna to hurt. Their blue line does not look very good. And I have concerns about whether or not they can continue to be a team that is super reliable defensively. Even last year, you look at them, they were middle of the pack, 15th overall. Um, you know, a lot of his wins come from the fact that they can just simply outscore teams, and that's fine. But I think that he, the fact that he's just inconsistent from a year-to-year basis, the fact that I don't think that that team is going to be as good as they were last year, and the fact that Spencer Knight... You would imagine eventually Spencer Knight is going to get it all figured out. He still doesn't seem to have put it all together yet. And like eventually that's going to happen. And he almost did last year at the end, but, uh, but like, the yeah, beginning was bad. But if you, like, if he does get it going, Uh-oh. even if they're splitting things Uh-oh. evenly, like, do you really want a guy as your number one goalie? Again, oh. like, ADP. Anyone rate- who owned him in the playoffs last year, it was annoying as all hell because. Me personally, I, I realistically had him in two leagues, and both leagues I lost in the finals. I think I got one start out of Bob and across a two week span. It was it was super annoying. Yeah, and if that happens again, I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm keeping him this year in the one league, and and I literally am having PTSD because I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, this is the dude who crushed me in the playoffs. Yeah, because I didn't have Spencer Knight, and uh, do you really want to give? You can't. You can't get both of them. No, like you can't. You no. can't reasonably. You, you can't, can't reasonably give two roster. of your roster spots to Bobrovsky and Knight at their current ADPs. Like you're drafting Bobrovsky at 60, and 14 picks later, Knight is going. Yep. You almost just have to plant your flag on one of them and say that this guy is great. Where to me, with those ADPs, I don't like either one of them. I don't like. Mm. Could Bobrovsky be great or could Knight be great? Yes. Are they both going to be good? Probably. Let but someone else are they both going to live up to those ADPs? to me is an issue. You're drafting this guy. He's currently the 10th goalie going off the board. 
And to me, there's much safer options as number 10, around number 10. I don't think that there's any issue or any concern about Bobrovsky finishing as like the 15th best goalie this year. Could he be top 10? 100%. He was last year. He won 39 games. But to me, it's just not worth the gamble at all. I would rather wait two full rounds and get Connor Hellebuck or one full round yeah. and get Connor Hellebuck. Was it worth, you know, taking like a year or maybe two off your life just because you're stressing every night about which Florida starter is going to start? Or you go Hellebuck and yeah. just enjoy the ride and uh, and don't worry about that. No, it is a very stressful thing to own Sergei Borowski's and... and uh, and I, I don't think it's going to be as good as it was last year, like you said. Um, just the defense has gotten worse. It's 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 glaringly obvious. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I would let other people deal with that headache. And you know what? If it works, the best you're going to get is, I think, where his ADP currently is, which is scary. I, you never want to draft a guy with their ADP being their best. Yeah, and to me... Um... And that's, that's basically what it boils down to, to me. His three years in Florida, he's averaged 51 starts, 52 starts per 82, which is fine, but that's what he's averaged over three years. Before Spencer It's Knight. not going to get better. Yeah, no, and Spencer Knight's only getting older. Even if you want to say he's 21 years old, this is Spencer Knight's third season in the NHL. It's Exactly. Like he's, it's not, only, he's, he's not only a 21-year-old goalie. So he's only going to creep closer to 40 mm-hmm. than he's going to creep closer to 60 unless something can... You know, terrible happens to Spencer Knight, and he misses a large portion of the season. Yeah, but at the same time, we've seen Bob get hurt a lot. Spencer know? Knight, just for the record, last year was nineteen and nine. Won just as you know, was Gross. win percentage was just as good. Two seventy nine goals against average nine oh eight. He wasn't as good, but he's still like you said, he's twenty one. He's clearly the goaltender of the future for this team. Bobrovsky's contract is still going to earn this man a shitload of playing time. I'm probably a little too hard on Bobrovsky. But I just can't reiterate it enough how much that 60 ADP scares the shit out of me. Yep. Um, just uh, quickly, D's bust is Jake Ottinger, 45.4. Um, it's just a case of too high. Yeah, I get it. Ottinger was outstanding in the playoffs last year. I actually really like Ottinger. Um, I, I think Ottinger is going to be very, very good. But I have Ottinger currently ranked um, 13th overall among goalies, where his ADP has him ranked, uh, let's see here, 6th. So Oof. he's he's going considerably earlier Oof. than I, I anticipated. Um, just to put it into perspective, the, the 13th goalie's ADP is currently Connor Hellebuck, 74. So Ottinger is going basically 30 spots ahead of where we reasonably think you should be taking him. Um, Biebs, you were a little bit higher on Ottinger. You did have him in your top 10 at 9, but even at 9, that ADP is Thatcher Demko, 57.4. I'd have him than Thatcher, but no which, one in front. Which Ottinger, again, that's still 13 spots. It's a full round later. So, um, And these I, are crucial rounds. Like As much as the later rounds are you know, a toss-up, these top six rounds, these are like, you can't miss rounds because right. there's so well, many guys that you can't miss on. And that's the thing, like especially in this spot, if you're if you're giving away, you know, a fourth round pick to your number one goalie, he has to hit. He can't miss, right? Yeah. He's so like a twenty three year old who's only proven it once so far. Um and is on arguably a worse team than half the guys behind him. Yeah. And we talk about it so often, you know, it's I don't know Unfortunately, why. Unfortunately, goalie production's paired to teams, and it's kind of what we're witnessing here. I don't know why I'm comparing goalies and defensemen together so much, but let's just stick with it. Would you rather have Jake Ottinger 
um, and Drew Doughty or Connor Hellebuck and Mo Sider or Quinn Hughes or Morgan Riley? Like, to me, I think I would much Hellebuck rather Hellebuck Hughes, Hellebuck, Hughes, Hellebuck Sider, Hellebuck, yeah. any of those guys, really. I think Doughty's good, too, but don't get me wrong. I, or, you know, or it could be... Sider's going high. It could be... Uh, yeah, Sider is going high. But he had 50 points as a rookie defenseman. Oh, I so. get it. Um, Jake Ottinger, you know, Rasmus Dahlin, you know, there's different comparables, Noah Dobson, whatever. But to me, I think it's just a little too early. And I agree 100% with D. I think, like, I love Jake Ottinger. I think Jake Ottinger, if you could give him to me... At 74, right around where Hellebuck's going, I would have no issue with it. But 45. Like, just again, just to put it in perspective, um, 45 ADP, if you would, in, in that spot, if you would rather take like a forward, you're looking at Patrick Kane. 100 points. You're looking at right around Alex Brinkat, Jason 40 Robertson. Goals. 40 goals. Um, Jack Eichel, Elias Lindholm, Elias Pedersen. 40 I mean, goals. 40 those, goals. Are the, those are the guys exactly that you're passing up on to grab Ottinger. That's just you too... don't get 40 goals into that many people, and you named six of seven players who I can pretty much lock for 40 <laughs> right there. Yeah, like there's a lot of point-per-game players going around that spot, 40-goal scorers going around that spot, and it's it's a steep price to pay for a guy who, who realistically um, went on like a two-month heater. And like yeah. I, do, I don't think it's a heater. Like I think Jake yeah, Hodger's legitimately legit good. Goalie. I think Dallas is pretty good. Um, but that's just far too early. Like no. that is just that is the recency bias with that ADP is just far too. Early. I was gonna say that is if you if you were to ever do a uh, when when Brock goes to get his masters and he does it on recency bias, um, that can be a clear uh, there you go a clear showing right there because that is what that screamed to me. I was like looking at it and I literally like I had to turn my headphones down because they were screaming recently, but it's too hard. But I got an even more laughable bust here. Can I just say that I? When I was doing like my projections and stuff before I started yeah. looking at ADPs, like I was doing on shirts, I was like, "Oh man, he like looks really good this year." Like, yeah, I, maybe I'm he's gonna, a sleeper. I'm, I'm gonna want Jake. Ottinger. I'm gonna want Jake Ottinger this year. And then ADPs start coming out, and you're like, "Ha, <laughs> Like, there's no chance I'm taking this guy. I did the same thing because usually, I'll, when we were doing the team previews, it's like you're just looking at numbers and spots here. And I was thinking, I was like, I bet people forgot about the playoffs already. Like, yeah, so I'm like yeah, I can't wait to slide Ottinger in as my third goalie. <laughs> More like top five off the board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's your bust? My bust. I, I'm still mind blown. I did this research yesterday, and I think my girlfriend came in and asked me why my mouth was open to the floor, and it, it's still down there. Brock asked me again today, walking in, "Is your face permanently stuck like that?" And it might be until the end of this episode. Jonathan Quick is my bust. Not currently going 94.9 ADP. That is 36 year old Jonathan Quick playing out in. LA, um, that was a playoff team last year, but Johnny Quick, a 9-10 save percentage last year, was not even good. He only got 46 starts three seasons before that. Let me just drop some numbers for you guys. An 888. Let me just repeat that. An 888. <laughs> That's not even NHL worthy. Um, the next year, a 904. Ugh. The next year, an 898. Three straight years below 900. Or, sorry, two of three years below 900. That's more what I think you're getting. And for a guy going in the top 100, this is absolutely bonkers. Another thing for him, 23 wins last season, didn't even place him in the top 20 in the NHL. It's pretty crazy to be drafted a guy in the top 100 when he's going to lose his starting job this year. We saw it with the Seattle expansion draft. Cal Peterson was protected. Jonathan Quick wasn't. Who do you think LA's true 
Ten, we thought this last year though did. too, and Cal didn't really do That's much true, to make his case to say, take over. Cal absolutely shit the bed. Cal's eight ninety five. He was just doing his best Johnny Quick impression. That's all he was doing. He was trying to show his man some love, show him, hey, you know what? I can post a below nine hundred and stay stay in the NHL too, um, and get thirty starts. But it didn't work out quite well. Year before that though, Cal Peterson had a nine eleven. Year before that, a nine twenty two. Career nine oh eight save percentage. Even if Peterson has, you know. Not a great year. He's still getting 30 starts. If I'm getting 50 starts out of Jonathan Quick and he's only getting a 9-10 at most, I don't even realistically want that on my roster. Another thing about Jonathan Quick, at 36 years old, we talked about Tim Thomas earlier, absolute bonkers play style. Jonathan Quick may be the closest thing we've ever seen to that bonkers play style. <laughs> and that doesn't bode well when you get older. He's all over the place. His style mm-hmm. is basically just... You know, get in front of the puck, whatever it takes. But as you get older, as you get slower, that doesn't bode well in the NHL. And we've watched that happen for four years. Last year, flash in the pan. He needed to kind of save his career, and he did. I'm not taking him in the top 100. That's ridiculous. Some other names that we're seeing go around him or after him. Alexander Gorgiev, even if he gets the lesser of the starts with Frank Kuz, I would rather have him than Quick, is going almost a round later than, than Quick. Cam Talbot in Ottawa, who should get the more of the starts in Ottawa, which I think is a playoff team, going later than Quick. Another thing about Quick, I don't know if LA is a playoff team. They had a great season last year. It was exciting. They made it in, but easily we could see them on the outside this year. We could easily see them back in. I just don't see them being, you know, a dominant force. The sports books have them 13th, 95.5 points. I believe it. Perfect. Um, 13th, getting 45 starts, 906 save percentage maybe. I don't want that anywhere near my fantasy team. Let the guy who hasn't paid attention for the last five years, who loves names, who's still drafting Jonathan Taze, take Quick off the board for you. Yeah. I, I The only thing about Quick in that spot is like when you look at the ADPs, he's the 17th goalie off the board. The 16th goalie off the board is Spencer Knight, 74.8. And then it drops to Quick at 94. Like, there's a clear drop-off where fantasy owners are like, uh, what do we do here? I think this is where I'm going to And people are just kind of panicking Mm -hmm. and saying like, ah, Jonathan Quick, because like he's a big name. But realistically, trying to figure out who's going to be better behind him is is not easy. I would like honestly like take jo- every single name there. Georgiev, Talbot, Samsonov, Vili Huso, Forsberg, like Bennington, sure. I would take Bennington before him. Yeah. Um, You're saying but in terms Talbot, of, though, you wouldn't take in ter- No, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I would I'm, just, I, I'm just saying that like it's... I, I can see why his ADP yeah. is where it is. No, it definitely because, makes sense. Like, but like outside... Just don't fall into that trap. Like it, it, there, there's not another goalie except for Bennington... Merzlikens and Carter Hart after Quick that hypothetically could start sixty games this year, right? Like I think it really the quick, there is a big teardrop off, and I and I when you're looking at that, like I could understand why the average fan is like not it. really sure where to go here because it is it is wishy washy. Like Georgiev might not be Colorado's number one; he could be their number two. Talbot could be their number two. Like it it is wishy washy, and try, Samsonov and Murray. Talbot and Forsberg, Jorgiev and Francois, Huso and Nedeljkovic, like, there's a lot of just kind of people, like, uncertainty yeah. there, right? So yeah. I can just kind That's of see, and Quick had a pretty good year. So, like, I can see why his ADP is what it is, and you but know. I still have, I still do not want it. And, and realistically, when you look at this, it makes you want to grab 
two guys in that top 15. Does it ever? Because after that, it starts to get real, real ugly. Uh-huh. And then, like, maybe you add somebody like that we're talking about way later in the draft yeah. as your third or fourth goalie option. Because well, yeah, if you it, give me John Gibson over quick, I'm going to take that. Because I think yeah, you're like, getting the, better numbers across the board. Like, well, like worst case, they're both going to give you a 900. I think that Jonathan Quick probably is better than Gibson this year. Like, I, I think if I had to pick one, I like in a vacuum, I'd pick Quick. But when you're t- talking about yeah. Quick going 94 and Gibson going 170, the the choice is obvious. It's yeah. John Gibson. Some other names that are going currently 94. So say you just let Quick go to someone else who can let him destroy their stats. Because that's my other thing is I don't know if I want to start him every night. I'm he down for does, Jordan Cairo at 96. That's what I'm saying. Cairo, almost a point per game guy. Stutzel. Yep. Stutzel right there. Um, Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes, D's boy. Josh Norris. Perennial, almost yeah. forty goal scorer. No, like, if, if, if he's if he's going ninety four, if he's going ninety four, like John yeah. Quick will you be on zero of our fantasy rosters. Yeah, you get Wierenski, Noah Dobson. Yeah. I would rather have those on my back end. He, he'll um, be on zero of our rosters. But if there's anything here, like it's clear that you need to be drafting these guys. Yeah, um, I think that's what, like you said, stands out. Don't be afraid to get two goalies in your top eighty. We'll say, um, and if that is the case, I mean. One thing people don't realize is when you're playing in a cat league, five of those 12 or six of those 12 full categories are goalies. And if you only have three players taking up that many categories, you might as well get pretty good goaltending. Even if I don't go um, goalies early, like you could probably on a swing, like on the 12 or one swing, grab like Hellebuck and Jack Campbell or something like that, or Yari and Hellebuck back to back type of thing. And you're set. Uh, Yeah, you're you're good. You're You're fine. You're plenty fine. And then you can just grab, then you don't, then you don't have to worry about grabbing a guy like Talbot or or one of those guys where you're a little bit unsure. You don't want to have to panic grab anyone after 90. The other thing is, just we, we don't have these guys as sleepers, but I think that Jordan Biddington sticks out as a guy that could definitely be a sleeper right now. He's going Huge. 24th overall among goalies. ADP's 137.9. He only has Thomas Grice backing him up now. This isn't Billy Huso who's going to take a bunch of his starts. He wasn't great last year. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Biddington was horrendous for the first half of the season. He did figure it so, out. He did figure it out. He's clearly not the goalie we saw in his rookie season that won them the Stanley Cup, but he's like... He's not like as bad as he was last when year. When it's there, I mean, he was he's there. He's fine. And the yeah. Blues, I think, are a very good yeah. club. Um, the sports books. See, I'd rather have Binnington. Binnington in, in forty 10 spots, out of ten leagues over quick. Not even, even if I had at the exact same spot. If I, I agree. Him at I agree. Um, and then the other one to me that sticks out, he or uh, he was a sleeper for me last year. It didn't quite pan out, um, but I do still like Elvis Merzlikens. He's going one hundred fifty-five overall. Um, CBJ is going to be better. They're going to be better. He's their clear-cut number one. Yep. Corpus Allo was terrible last year. He is year. good. I, mean, I think Merzlikens is very solid. Talented. And as long as the, the Blue Jackets are just a little bit better defensively, they'll be fine. Uh, the Blue Jackets ranked 27th in the league defensively last year, so they just have to be better. Um, but Merzlikens is, like like I said, Bennington and Merzlikens are the only two towards the bottom there that you can reasonably expect um, to take the lion's share of the work on their teams. Um, another interesting name to me is Vitek Vanasek at 169.5. You just like the number he's pretty, at. Pretty solid. It, it, you know, um, and now he's in New Jersey. And Mackenzie Blackwood's been great at times when he's played. And then he's started to fall off. Then he couldn't stay healthy. And if he gets hurt again, we saw the Devils literally ride Nico Dawes into the ground. Like, that man played like 30 games in that a row or something. got lit up. Like, he just, he played a ton. And I think Vanacek is solid. I think he's the Devils are going to, I think the Devils are going to be much better this mm-hmm. year. And he's another just sleeper candidate towards the end of the draft where I think there's a pathway for him to 
to be pretty good yeah. based it, on what we've seen from him, based on what we've seen from Blackwood, based on how good we, like the Devils are going to be. Like Carter Hart, probably going to start 60 games, but the, the Flyers are going to be horrible. Yeah. Like where they Vanisek, just lost their he, best defensive center for yeah. the year. Well, maybe not for the year. He's in six long, to eight weeks. Long, could, it could oh, be the year. I was but he, still, Vanisek, I think, is an interesting name towards the end of the draft that Big I don't time. think many people care or think anything about yeah. and when you're getting to the bottom of your roster and drafting that third goalie i you, think like you're just trying Mc, to find upside yeah. trying to find an avenue a path for some and success mckenna like he went after it last year and and kind of listened and good part it, it's so much about the team in front of you you can 100%. be a great goalie and for if you have new jersey in front of you i'd much rather have new jersey than have philly um so you know what I I think uh, I think Vanisek makes a very nice bottom of the roster pick. Um, I mean I I've been the guy who's been basically calling um, Blackwood a breakout for three years because who else was taking that job? Now he finally has someone to take it. Yeah, I'm down. Just to can't stay healthy. Yeah, that's it. And uh, and I'm fine to call someone else break. Uh, but yeah, he is. He just couldn't stay healthy. Like that's just the the big issue for Blackwood. I think he's got he's got game, but in his last two <laughs> seasons. game. In his last two seasons, he's only seen 59 combined starts, and over that time, he has an 898 save percentage. So it just hasn't been great. Um, so yeah, we probably went a little bit over top on the sleepers, but I think that you know there's some very interesting names there towards. We the were bottom. actually in the bus section. We went back. To yeah, sleepers, I know. So. I just I, I I started recognizing some of those names. I'm like, I, I need to talk about these. They need to get a little bit more airtime. But okay, let's get to our breakouts of the season. I have Thatcher Demko as my breakout. He is currently going 57.1. So, um, sorry, 57 point, yeah, 57.1. So if you want to draft him there, you basically need him to break out. But uh, Demko had a sluggish start to 2021-22. He was 6-10-1 with a 9.04 save percentage in his first 17 games. However, was much, much better once December hit. He was 26-12-6 with a 2.65 goals against average and a 9.17 save percentage in his final 46 games. Over that span, he was tied for fourth in the NHL in games started, ninth in save percentage, and 12th in goals against average. He has all the makings of a potential top five fantasy net minor this season. For one, he's just very, very good. Two, very solid offensive team in front of him, a team that's going to score goals and give him the chance to win on a night-to-night basis. And three, he has very limited competition for starts. Spencer Martin was great in like a very short sample size last year, small sample size, excuse me. Yeah, but like I, I don't, I don't think that he's pushing Demko for starts. Um, there's real chance here that Demko starts 60 plus games for a second straight season. He did it last year. No reason why he can't do it again. Um, and after December 1st last year. Demko started 77% of the Canucks game. So that is Talk just... about riding a goalie. Yeah, that is just an outrageous number. If you extrapolate that over 82 games, that's 63 starts, and that's realistically what we're going to see again for him. So it's a really good number for him. A 70-30 split is probably likely. 80-20 um, could be even more likely. So Demko, to me, uh, is a guy that can break out. I, I think that, um, you know, it's it's somebody that maybe has underperformed a little bit to this point in his career, right? Like, I think that everybody was really kind of championing him as, like, just the next great thing. Um, but he's still very, very young. He's going to be 27 this year. His first two seasons weren't spectacular, but he's got back-to-back seasons now of 915 save percentage. So he's a very good goalie on a team that I think is going to be, um, you know, they were just a weird team in the first half of last season. Yeah, Like, things, people like, thought they were going to be a playoff team, and then they came out of the gate so poorly, and then, like, they... like. 
they all kind of figured it out together. Fantasy wise, yeah, we had like people asking questions about Elias Pettersson. Do I drop him? Uh, we had Bo Horvat. Do I drop him? And then by the end of the year, these are some big fantasy pieces, and we kind of got to see it with everyone. Once Bruce Boudreau came in, they were great. Yeah. Bruce, so, there it is, baby. Yeah, so Bruce, there it is. They were great. I think that Demko has a chance to be great this year. But who's your breakout? My breakout, um, the Sway Man. We almost got talking about him to close out our top 10, but uh, I'd much rather talk about him here at the breakout. That is Jeremy Swayman out in Boston, currently going 74.7 in Yahoo Drafts. He's a player last year, his first, we'll call it official, big season. 39 starts last year at the age of 22. He posted the fifth lowest goals against among all starters with a 2.41 goals against average. He had a 914 save percentage. And because I'm comparing everything to Andre Vasilevsky today, that is 0.02% better than Andre Vasilevsky, who, Brock, I don't know, someone's had him ranked number one on our ranking. So I'm getting the same amount like of last percentage. five years consecutively. Well, even today, uh, we got to see it from D. So if I'm getting that same similar save percentage from a kid who's only 23 on a team like Boston, um, Boston's kind of like Pittsburgh. They're going to make the playoffs. It just happens. David Krejci returning. David Bergeron returning. Yeah, we're talking about two of the better two-way centers that we've seen in the last decade. Um, he proved he can really hold down the starting spot in the playoffs. Posted a 9-11 and a 2.63 goals against average. That's after Linus Allmark, who is his backup. And the worry for a lot of people drafting Swayman here. Um, Linus Allmark had an absolutely terrible playoffs. In two games, he led in 4.16 goals per game, had an 8.60 save percentage, and basically lost everyone in Boston's trust in him. Which, as we know through other sports in Boston, that is really easy to do. Um, <laughs> and as easy as he's done that, I think Swayman's done the opposite. I think this is truly the year where Swayman gets over those 40 starts. And if he gets hot, he is their future. Allmark still has three years left on the contract, unfortunately. Um, so that is one reason why they may give him 30, 35 starts. But even if I am getting 50 starts from Swayman, I like it. I like the team in front of him. Again, this is a breakout. I don't necessarily love his ADP at 75 right now. I would personally be fine with that if it happened. But if we're talking about guys with upsides, there are little goalies in the NHL who have a team like Boston in front of them, the upside in front of them, and just the potential to take that starting 50 starts um, going into the year. You just don't see this that often. I really like Swayman. I think the best is certainly yet to come for this kid, his future at Boston. And uh, and if he does break out, we could easily be talking about him in our maybe top seven next year. Which even that, if he's going from 10 to seven, we're talking a whole tier jump. I was going to say, like, awesome. if you could guarantee me that he's going to start 55 games, yeah. like, he's going to be, he might be sniffing the top five, right? Yeah, like he's, that's it. Yeah. But, Which is his breakout. That, yeah, if he gets well, 55, then, there's, and, and there it is. And that's it, right? Linus Olmark's the big concern here. Um, Olmark still has got a couple years left on his deal. They signed him to a ticket. and Yeah, five um, mil per year. He, he's going to get starts. They were both very good. To me, drafting Swayman at 74 is easier to digest because you can pick Allmark up at 143. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if that breakout doesn't happen, both of them are going to be very good. I don't mind that. Yeah. I, I rode that tandem last year, and honestly, it was pretty nice. It's I was riding good. that in the Florida tandem. Allmark was I a, a lot of goals against average and a 917 save percentage. Like Allmark was very good last year, too. And so he's been steady good. I, I have no issue taking Swayman because you can at least handcuff him with Allmark 
much later in the draft. Where, as you mentioned, that Florida tandem, it's like 59 and 74 or ADP. You can't yeah. reasonably do that. Yeah. But you can with Boston. Well, and we're talking, as you mentioned there, the second part of that tandem, you're getting at, at the same place as you're getting the beginning of this tandem. Exactly. So. Exactly. And with Allmark, like, even if it's not Swayman's breakout year, like if Swayman gets hurt or Allmark gets hurt, one of those guys, whichever, if one of them happens to get hurt, is going to be very, yeah, very You're getting good. top 10 production, likely. Maybe top five yeah. production as a yeah. goaltender, like for however long they're sidelined. So that's a tandem that is certainly worth targeting. I really don't know. Like the only other one that I would say is is comparable, you've got maybe um, Yari and Smith, where Yari's going, again, yeah. 10 spots ahead of Swayman. DeSmith is going almost undrafted. You could try You've the You've got Frederick tandem, Anderson and but... Ranta. Like, those kind of guys. But, like, Swayman is is arguably as good as these guys ahead of him just without the number of starts. So, if you can get both of them, that's great. And, like I said... This is a high draft pick, too. This is, like, a guy who, you know, this isn't like, oh, my God, where did this Swayman guy come from? This has been in the works. If he five. starts 52 games... He will 100% finish as a top 10 yep. fantasy goalie. Like, there's no doubt in my yeah. mind. But is he I would start be it? I would be much more I'd be more surprised if he starts 52 than if he starts 42. Yeah. Like I think that I, this is probably a chance. But as a breakout pick, there's few and far between. There's like 60 goalies in the league. There's few and far between, and he is one that has a path to certainly do it. I could also see us sitting here in 365 days and me going. Jeremy Swayman, my breakout pick again. Yeah, um, we could be doing that, but like you very, said, very, very good chance that yeah, happens. There's not, uh, there's not too many options, and when you are picking options, uh, this one was screaming almost as hard as the Ottinger uh, recency bias. Yes, um, I think we can both get behind Dylan's breakout can of we this year. Ever, I've been screaming this man's name from the rooftops for like three years. We now. don't really know how to say. He's it, finally getting, it. he's finally getting a chance. Well, we think maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, fantasy owners think seem to think we're wrong. I personally think Pavel Francouz is the guy in in Colorado this year. Mm-hmm. I really don't think like Georgiev is going to just come in and be this number one guy. He's never really done that. He's never yeah. really, why like, why would they give him that? Yeah, and like Francouz, like you know, to the same effect, has not done it really either. The concern for him is health. He's never stayed healthy, but when he's healthy, he's very very good. Like what's he his is, career save percentage? It's like a 926, isn't it? 921. 921. Yeah. That's in, in, disgusting. In 48 games. Again, he's only played 48 games across two seasons, but his so ADP is 153. He hasn't adjusted yet? He's played one fi- his ADP is 153. So if, if Francois and Georgiev split time evenly, even just evenly, right down the heart, he's going 41 spots, 42 spots later than Georgiev. And, like, I don't think anybody knows what Colorado is going to do. I don't even know if Colorado knows what no. they're going to do. Yeah. And Francois, if Francois, it's similar to Swayman. If Francois starts 41 games, he is completely fine at 153. If Francois starts 52 games, he's a breakout. He's a, the biggest steal of the draft, one of them, at 153. He's playing the best team in the NHL. Yeah, I'm honestly fine with him getting, like, even if, say, Gorgiev takes 50 starts and he gets 32. I could realistically fit that at the bottom of my roster if I'm going with four goalies because I know that every single time he starts, I'm going to want him in. 100%. Which I love. I really do like those plug guys, even if they aren't playing all the time. Um, you know, I check my fantasy t- team 28 times a day, so I'm going to see it. I- I'm one of the few ones with Francois projected. I think he, I think he starts for more. For the larger size yeah. of, the, of the pie. And like you said, you know, 
Colorado. They're pretty good. They don't owe Gorgiev anything. No. And I thought they were bringing Gorgiev in just as to, a backup, as a good, yeah. you know, as take some heat off of Francois. And I think people have already pronounced Gorgiev's breakout happening. Like, it's like, oh, it's happened. He's, yeah. he's now a 35 win goalie. He's now a 915 save percentage. And he really isn't. But if anyone could be that, I'm taking Fran- Francois. This is another guy. He proved he could do it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's this is a this guy's a he's an he's, absolute baller. He's legit. These stats that he's put up, a lot of them are not a lot, but I mean, at least seven of these games of his forty-eight that he's played are games where he's came in cold off the bench, and he's still posting a nine twenty-one across his career. He just, I, I mean, I, I try to not get excited about him every year, but for once I can. Yeah. Because in previous years, there was, even last year with Kemper, it was, I would still have told you to draft him if he was healthy to start the year because it would have been, he's going to get those, I, I love those starts that he gets. Um, I think truly, I think next year, we're going to be talking about him in the top 10 if he stays healthy. Huge, That's the only concern. If, but at the same time, you want to, like, like projecting a goalie's health is just so fucking hard. And Francois has played quite well. Um, and quite, like, when he, like, since he did get healthy last year, it was like he didn't miss a beat. Yeah. A lot of goalies, when they come back, it is a little bit of a, of a process. This is a guy who missed a whole season. It was fine. He had a whole season and a half. You, he came back not missing a beat. I actually think last year he wasn't even 100% because he was still getting back. He only played 21 games. Give him a full training camp. Give him a full season. I love this pick. Even if he gets 40 starts, I think he's worth... I'd rather have him than Jonathan Quick if he gets 40 Do starts. you think... We say that the Avs don't really owe your give anything, which is true, but... They owe him 3 mil or something. 3.4 mil for the next three years. I guess. He's 26. Francois is 32. Yep. So there's clearly a world in which Georgiev is <laughs> the starter. Could happen. And it's also a team, it, though. If Georgiev, though, starts yeah. 50 games or 52 games, then he's the real breakout candidate. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 I agree. I like Francois more. But Francois, at the end of the day, is a 32-year-old goalie with only two years left on his yeah. deal where they could be looking at Georgiev saying, this could be it. Maybe you are the guy that we can, we can yeah. ride for the next three years. At the same time. Whichever one starts 50 games is a breakout. If they split 40-40, neither one of them is breaking yeah. out. They're both going to be very serviceable. But they if one of them starts 50... They have to win this year, though. So I don't think you owe... Not have to. But, yeah. you know, you're in that win-now mode. They're in the window. So if Gorgiev, you know, falters for four games... Same thing as Francois. This could happen. If they falter and the other one starts getting hot... And this goes hand-in-hand hand with what you're saying. Um, we could very much see a heavy swing one way or the other. Because, like I'm saying, this is a team that's going to go for They're going for it all this year. Obviously, President's Trophy, Stanley Cup Trophy. They didn't get the Presidents last year. They're like they're seven UFAs next yeah, year. And exactly. McKinnon's $12.6 million extension kicking in. So, yeah. this is this is the year. No, I, I'm just saying, like, no, I, I as much as I love the Francois pick, I think that there's a very good oh, chance totally. that Gorgiev is just as big of a breakout candidate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As, as, but someone's going to have to start on that team. And whoever is starting is the fantasy I'm goal you st- want st- on your roster. I'm still nervous that I probably won't have any Georgiev because at 101 is too rich for me. I'd rather just take the gamble on Francois being that guy at 153. So uh, either way, I don't think like I think neither goalie can handle more than a 50 game workload at this time. So you know, but yeah, I mean, there's very few that play 60. So 50 is enough for me to to have got him just you know whichever one of them just completely pop 
off this year. But all right, that is going to do it for today's goaltending preview episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be recording again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be doing right wings and hopefully defense both tomorrow. So look for the right wing preview to be out Friday morning. Look for the uh, D ranking to be out maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday, most likely Monday. Uh, but we shall see. I'll try to get them all out. I, I know I know there's going to be drafts going on this weekend. Um, but then, yeah, after that, the positional previews are completely over. We can start getting into some more news, some more some mock drafts, some more fun shit. Uh, so, yeah, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy the boost stones on the way out. I'm Brock Segan for Dylan D. Burton, who's not here. Michael B. is Bonnie across from me. Thank you guys so much. See you back here tomorrow. We went through almost the whole episode, and then I swore in the last five minutes. That's okay. I swore too. Peace! to the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 